weeknight from uh, 6 to 6.30, Monday through Thursdays, to uh, get you all relaxed before you get all tensed up hearing about events in the real world. So here we go with Gray Matters. Take it away. Well, uh, it's about 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. 87 degrees never felt so good. <laughs> well, as we're just uh, chatting, uh, after the uh, brutal, brutal weather of last Thursday, particularly, uh, where I think Detroit saw record highs uh, in the triple digits. Yeah, there were records set on ball in big cities, you know, Baltimore, yeah. Philadelphia, Newark. It was a day or two later, New York City had some. Yeah, Central Park was uh, over 100 degrees. And as usual, uh, a couple dozen folks died in Chicago yeah. uh, every summer when the heat waves come. You can expect that. It's typically uh, folks in substandard housing, older folks without uh, regular access probably to regular medical uh, care. And uh, sad, but uh, sadly normal. Yeah, I wonder how that hoaxy, coaxy, global warming... <laughs> hoaxy thing that James Inhofe, Republican senator from Oklahoma, I wonder how that's working for him there in Oklahoma. They've had 100-degree uh, temperatures yep. for a month. <laughs> uh, and there's a serious drought going on uh, in that part of the country. Don't envy them. But, uh, you know, this is very interesting in terms of the weather phenomenon because the Gulf of Mexico as a... Uh, body of water is getting warmer and warmer. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I read a little item in the sports section of the New York Times a couple of days ago about a, a um, sort of open water, you know, 25 kilometer race that a bunch of swimmers withdrew from because the water in China was almost 90 degrees. Wow. And apparently a year ago, one of these swimmers, this is one of these endurance sort of mm -hmm. biathlon, uh, glutton for punishment type activities uh, a woman uh, died in this uh, event a year ago because of the warm water and you wouldn't think you would die in water but uh, once again if your body uh, simply uh, suffers from heat exhaustion in fact one of the great uh, pitchers in the National League Roy Halladay uh, had to you could tell he could barely get off the mound the other day in Chicago. Uh, he had to leave the game because of heat exhaustion. Heat stroke, heat exhaustion, very uh, common, and many people don't even realize that it's happening to them or yeah. when it's happened. And uh, and this is one of the greatest athletes in the world. This is a big horse of condition, a pick, right? It's a big strong, horse of a pick, pitcher, you know, in great shape. He's six five. He's a big man, but. Uh, you can tell by his build and the way he throws the ball that he's as well-conditioned as anybody around. And if somebody like that is uh, having to leave a ball game from heat exhaustion, um, you know it's bad. And, of course, the heat phenomena that affected, uh, I think, what, 30, 30 states here in America... Um, Distracted uh, quite uh, magnificently from all of the unbelievable events that were occurring last week. Uh, Humble Pie with Rupert Murdoch. Hmm. Unbelievable. I wish I had the name of the fellow that tried to pie him because I wanted to give him a brain damage award. I think it 
actually kind of backfired, even though I understand the symbolism of uh, Rupert Murdoch deserving a pie. Well, there are several bizarre things about that. First of all, that he was able to get through security inside Parliament with shaving with, a pie. with shaving cream. I have a pie. I'm just bringing it in. Now, maybe he brought in, you know, I don't know the logistics of how he actually, maybe he sprayed it up in yeah. the tin when he was in the loo, but uh, that was bizarre, but it did sort of backfire because the human interest angle was, oh, look at uh, Rupert Murdoch's wife, who's a nimble spry, half his yeah. age, <laughs> sprang up to his uh, defense. Gave him, gave him the karate chop. Right. And uh, <laughs> Cato. Uh, that was bizarre, but it sort of for a pathetic moment made Murdoch a victim. Yeah, which although, of course he's not. He's not and his stonewalling and his uh, I don't remember. I it's yeah. the, nope. the world of the news of the world represents such a small percentage of my holdings that I barely knew what was going on. Yeah. And his son is uh I think um going to be looking at jail time. Yeah, it's uh, obviously it's a story that's still developing. Uh, Parliament, I believe, now goes on some sort of a summer vacation, uh, which uh, they probably are borrowing a uh, <laughs> borrowing a uh, work tip from the American Congress because they seem to be, have been on vacation the entire year with this debt ceiling thing. But I did want to make one observation about the uh, Murdoch Gate or. Uh, climate gate uh keith oberman is back on tv i don't think there's anybody better on tv than what this network guy is he on now he's on a network called current and he has an equity interest in in okay. in this so it's a private it's it's available i think he was on the david letterman show a couple of weeks ago and they were yeah. talking about his new program anyway it's basically his old program <laughs> right just uh, uh keith and his uh on a different network and uh, countdown no prisoners uh, rhetoric, but his style is wonderful. He's got that kind of good combination, I think, of being sort of a, a cross between H.L. Uh, Mencken, uh, Walter Cronkite, and uh, Howard Beale. <laughs> There's just a little bit of an element of an edge to him that makes him wonderful. But uh, he reported; uh, he's been reporting extensively on this. Uh, barely any reports, uh, by the way, on Fox. Uh, Fox Television. Uh, this doesn't seem to be a story they're terribly interested in. It's just an attack. Why do they attack us? And uh, that's something that the Fox Network uh, has done very well with. Yeah. Is any reasonable uh, critique of, of any uh, argument they present or ideological position that they, uh, they take, any criticism of it is just an attack. Why? Why do they attack us? Well, and 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 Sean Hannity's great. I mean, he calls the he calls the Anthony Weiner scandal Weinergate. Uh, needless to say, the gate part of this uh, was uh, applied early on by Carl Bernstein, who had an, uh, a national article in a weekly uh, one of the weeklies a couple weeks ago, I believe, Newsweek, that featured Miss Palin on the cover, uh, stating that I can win. <laughs> oh, really? A game of gin rummy, perhaps? Yeah, um, perhaps. Whatever. Well, what gate uh, suffix uh, have we tacked on? Is it Hackergate? Well, the, the thing that was interesting about the one uh, report that, uh, well, Oberman's done many, but this climate gate is fascinating. Apparently, the Murdoch uh, bu buggers. <laughs> this is a scandal about buggery. Buggery on the high seas. Hacking. It's, uh, it's wiretapping. It's got all the features of Richard Nixon. 
And, of course, Murdoch is beginning to emerge as almost a, a modern version of Joseph Goebbels. Uh, he's, it's propaganda all the mm-hmm. time. But the fact that they had, had hacked into the uh, University of East Anglica uh, scientists' uh, oh, emails yeah, related right. to uh, 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 so-called, you know, global warming is a hoax. About 16 months ago. Yeah, and it, of course, turned public opinion, interestingly, particularly in Britain, mm-hmm. which, of course, Murdoch owns an unbelievable percentage of the uh, media there, uh, a little less these days since he shut down the uh, weekly news. Um, amazing stuff, because it, it turns out that Neil Wallace, who uh, was arrested uh, by... Uh, New Scotland Yard. <laughs> I don't know if they wear those bobby hats, but... Uh, <laughs> New and improved Scotland Yard. I always uh, appreciated Monty Python's uh, skits involving the bobbies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well worth uh, checking out again. But uh, Neil Wallace apparently worked as sort of a double agent, uh, both for the um, New Scotland Yard and Murdoch, reporting information back and forth. And then, incredibly, he was hired by the University of East Anglica to defend the scientists against the so-called scandal. And, of course, the scandal is virtually non-existent. But uh, the the, uh, media here in the United States made much of these uh, contradictory emails that it's too... Too much stuff to go into to to sort out how this hoax worked, but uh, the hacking of this stuff and apparently industrial-style theft of uh, other corporate rivals, including a situation where they ended up settling with a company uh, for money that they subsequently bought involving hacking. So this hacking is widespread, and for Murdoch and his son to claim they know nothing... Yeah, or they've forgotten uh, the Ronald Reagan defense in Iran-Contra. It's uh, remarkable stuff. Yeah, they claim that they got most of their information from the TV or the papers. Other proprietors' papers. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we read the others' papers for the actual news. We, We provide celebrity gossip. And, and, you know, I mean, the, the sordidness of the, uh, the hacking itself, celebrities, uh, the, the 13-year-old girl, the royal family, this, of course, is the salacious nonsense that the, uh, too much of the public really likes. And it shouldn't, shouldn't, be, shouldn't be happening, but, you know, when the National Enquirer sells 20 million copies every week in which you can get all of your uh, gossipy information about those important celebrities... Like Amy Winehouse, um, we need not talk about her. Sad, sad, but uh, not uh, unexpected. Not unexpected, and I'm sure there was plenty of. Maybe she was hacked. <laughs> I doubt that's why she OD'd. I'm sure it's going to turn out to be some sort of an OD, uh, a relapse from rehab, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, pie in the face. I don't know. It. it, it I. It, I think it backfired on. Uh, Oh, I wish I could remember the lad's name. <laughs> but uh, like uh, this moron in Norway, he had a blog. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. But just uh, two other examples of how widespread this hacking phenomena is, uh, according to Alan Rappaport, writing in the 21st of July in the Financial Times, he says that Frank Lautenberg, uh, Democratic senator, asked the Justice Department and the FBI to investigate 
Uh, details of a case uh, settled between, and this is one you just re uh, referenced, case settled between News America Marketing, a News Corp subsidiary, and something called Floor Graphics Incorporated, an in-store marketing company. Floor Graphics alleged that its rival hacked its computer system as many as 11 times in 2003 and 4 to gain business. And, of course, the FBI is still looking into a claim that representatives of the News of the World sought access to uh, voicemails of U.S. 9-11 uh, victims. Um, the Department of Justice is also examining whether alleged payments to the U.K. police may have contravened the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. So yes. This is, is why Murdoch... laundry list. Yeah, of, and it, uh, it's growing. And I, I don't understand or see how Murdoch will survive this other than... Well, he was asked by one of the questioners in Parliament, <laughs> why, haven't uh, you why haven't you resigned? And he says, well, I think I'm the best one to clean this mess up. Dude, you were falling asleep at one point during this hearing. Yeah, they had, they had a video of him <laughs> nodding off. Now, the son's probably going to end up uh, being arrested soon. I think criminal charges will be uh, sent his way. And uh, Murdoch will probably be conveniently found dead, I suppose. Remember Robert Maxwell? Yeah, a rival. A rival uh, who died under very mysterious circumstances on his boat off the Canary Islands, if I remember correctly. And I don't know if uh, that was ever conclusively solved by Scotland Yard. Who? Oh, right. It turns out Scotland Yard were on the payroll of Rupert Murdoch, too. Well, and the interesting thing about the, the Robert Maxwell uh, drowning and or murder was that there was some suggestion that it might may have been a, an espionage operation pulled mm -hmm. off by uh, the Israeli government. Um, Maxwell a little more on the left-wing side. Right. But Murdoch was able to outmaneuver Maxwell, I believe, for the, the news publication right uh, at, at one point. And uh, the BBC, of course, detailed how um, Rupert Murdoch's uh, publication, The Sun, completely uh, demagogued a, uh, a riot that occurred in Liverpool uh, with soccer mm. fans. Oh, right. In which uh, they wrote all sorts of malicious lies and distortions about the events that happened in a, in a genuine tragedy. So exploiting tragedy for political purposes. And, of course, it was, it's well known that, for instance, Murdoch gave the Chamber of Commerce a million dollars last year on the eve of the uh, congressional elections, which were then funneled into uh, Republican uh, coffers uh, all around the country. Uh, a really outstanding article, by the way, in the new edition of The Nation, uh, Alec Exposed. This is an incredible Secretive organization, uh, John Nichols, an investigative reporter. ALEC is an acronym for... Yeah, this is... Uh, let me give you the acronym here, because it's, it's, it's remarkable stuff. ALEC turns out to be this um, uh, secret organization that was founded in uh, 1973 by Paul Wyrick, uh, to give you an idea about its uh, <laughs> genetic origins, so to speak, and other conservatives... Frustrated by recent electoral setbacks, Alec is a critical arm of the right-wing network of policy shops that uh, inf uh, infuses, infusions of corporate cash has uh, evolved to shape American politics. Alec stands for, by the way, uh, the American Legislative Exchange Council. And as Nichols notes, Nichols, by the way, has done some very interesting um, 
sort of reporting uh, about the goings-on in Madison uh, with the political situation mm-hmm. there regarding the Scott Walker and the uh, collective bargaining um, issue that, uh, of course, has been involved in recalls. And very interesting that all of the Democrats uh, <laughs> defeated their phony uh, rivals in these primaries. And these recall elections officially, by the way, I think happen August 8th. Of course, whether the United States is still paying its bill on August 8th, uh, one Remains wonders. Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Stay tuned. But it's fascinating. Um, Nichols notes that uh, after the uh, 2010 midterm elections, and I'm quoting here from the most recent edition of The Nation magazine, the double issue, the August 1st, 8th edition uh, that I received today in the mail, um, he uh, Nichols notes that uh, one month after the 2010 elections, uh, Republicans had grabbed 600 and le- uh, 680 legislative seats and secured a power trifecta, control of both legislative chambers and the governorship in 21 states. Nichols noted, by the way, this is the strongest uh, that the Republican Party has had uh, a p- a political power since 1928. Uh Recall that 1929 was not a terribly good year <laughs> uh, here in the United States of Amer- America as the Depression followed. And, of course, the uh, National Republican Party is pursuing this agenda of ALEC, uh, focusing on deregulation, cutting taxes. Of course, the Koch brothers are involved with these folks. And what these legislative, uh, or this legislative organization does is it basically... Um, quote, educates its members uh, to pursue the long-term goals of Alex, quote, model legislation, quoting here from John Nichols, in which the long-term goals are removing regulations on corporations, downsizing government, and making it harder to hold economic and political power, the politically powerful, to account. Of course, they're also involved in elections. Notice that there are now 33 states that have pending ID, voter ID uh, Mm -hmm. bills before them. Uh, And this is being pursued all over the country uh, in which they're trying to make it much more difficult for people to vote. Yeah, this is a phony issue that came up last time where the Republicans said that we're going to have people at every polling station here in Michigan to make sure that there are no incidents with unregistered voters and voter voting twice. And they've never been able to prove one example of exactly. it anywhere around the country. Alex, uh, and I'm quoting again here from Nichols in his introduction, because they have a couple of subsections. One is the Koch connection, the Koch brothers. Uh, important to remember, by the way, that David Koch uh, ran, this is of Koch Industries, the second largest private K-O-C-H, not yeah. Coca-Cola Coke. Not Coca-Cola Coke. Uh, this is the second largest private entity in the United States. They're involved in all sorts of incredible uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, energy production, garbage disposal. Um, they probably have Dick Cheney on speed dial. Yeah, well, they their Rolodex, I'm sure, would be a fascinating... <laughs> <laughs> Compendium of sinister skullduggery. No, why can't Rupert Murdoch go through the trash? Apparently he's been going through lots of people's trash. The rubbish bins, as the British put it. <laughs> I always love the, the way they say it. Rubbish. 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 
Uh, David Koch, by the way, uh, ran in uh, 1980 as the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian uh, Party. And, of course, he's uh, bankrolled all sorts of uh, nefarious things ever since. The Alec brothers, by the way, uh, give, uh, or the Koch brothers give Alec uh, about a million dollars a year. But there are other subtitles in this interesting article. Which they're probably able to write off. Yeah. Includes sabotaging health care, um, uh, business domination incorporated. And uh, they, they have also, of course, gone into what I call this mythical election uh, Voter fraud uh, nonsense, and of course attacking unions, mm -hmm. and we've seen this all over the Midwest. Uh, there's a new uh, theory that public unions are responsible for our budget problems, and they're being downsized. I mean, this this idea that the uh, we've noted uh, over the past couple of weeks here on Gray Matters that about 500,000 people have lost state and local jobs uh, in government over the last basically since teachers, firemen. Police they're, officers. They're, they're going after the uh, public uh, workers, um, claiming that they're making too much money. They're getting, of course, givebacks in uh, union uh, uh, collective bargaining agreements when they allow them to happen. Right. They're even trying to eviscerate that uh, around the country. So it's 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 a an astonishing agenda that applies not only to the state legislatures that uh, uh, John Nichols is, is so focused on, but the national agenda of the Republican Party. It's the same thing. We hear over this past uh, three or four weeks regarding the debt ceiling, uh, I, Obama should just hire Christo, I think. Christo can maybe get a, an enormous piece of fabric, put it over the Empire State Buildings with some, some ropes on either side, and Obama should say, I'll raise the debt ceiling. <laughs> it can be the debt ceiling sculpture, and it can get done. How this is going to work out is anybody's guess, but... I mean, the latest word from today is that the Republicans are not going to settle for anything less than a partial uh, raising of the debt ceiling, in which we have to revisit this again in right, six months. Right, sort of a temporary uh, holder. In which America would be technically in default. Uh, how right. That, <laughs> how the bond markets are going to react to that is anybody's guess. And, of course, the Republicans have benefited from the fact that the Europe, European Union is having its own problems uh, with... Uh, Sovereign debt regarding Greece, Italy, and Ireland, uh, and possibly eventually Spain. Although uh, a couple of recent polls are suggesting that the average American is uh, blaming the Republicans yeah. for the uh, failure to resolve this matter. Yeah, they've. They, I think that uh, t temporarily Obama has won the political debate. But it's not his job to raise the debt ceiling right. at the end of the day. It's John Boner Boehner's job. And he's not doing it right. because, oh, surprise, surprise, 230 members of the House of Representatives have signed pledges to Grover Norquist. What about the United States Constitution? That, that, that's Which what they claim to uh, <laughs> yeah. make such a big stink about in all the Tea Party uh Nonsense. So they go on television day after day. They keep asserting that there's a quote, not a there's there's a spending problem, not a revenue problem. In fact, it's been exposed over and over that revenues are coming in at the lowest rates since the 1950s. It is a revenue problem. This myth about the corporate taxes is another myth. It turns out that corporations are in fact being given money. Right. 
uh, that exacerbates the debt ceiling. Well, and the part of the spending that is at the heart of the spending problem yes. is, of course, not on the table, not uh, open to discussion, and that is America's endless military campaigns around the world. And that is discretionary spending. And one of the things that's most troubling about the cabal of, and wax of confusion that's been presented to the public is Social Security is not even part of the problem in theory. Now, in reality, it is. Because, alas, alas, if you recall, in, in 2000, Al Gore and the wanker had a debate about the Social Security lockbox. And the lockbox was this theory that somewhere in some vault in West Virginia, there's a safe that's got IOUs in it. <laughs> you know, this is where, uh, once again, people are getting very confused about terminology here. There's the debt ceiling. That's basically your credit card limit. There is the debt. That, those are the accumulated deficits that have been racked up. There is the annual budget deficit. That's where revenue does not meet spending. Uh, households, of course, can't do this forever. Uh, we know that. So uh, this is what the accumulated debt is. Why is America actually in debt? The Cold War, the Vietnam War, the Iraq War. The Republicans didn't even put the Iraq War on the books. Right. They put it out in cyberspace somewhere. Well, and we were openly and, and quite brazenly lied to and told that uh, Iraqi oil revenues will pay for it. It will only cost, I think, $7 billion, they said. Yeah, Wolfowitz said said uh, 15 to $30 billion. And it'll all Total. be covered, and uh, <laughs> boom, boom, we're in and we're out. It's all good. Yeah. And, of course, the veterans' Balls. budget, uh, just for the uh, record, Bush came in, it was about $22 billion a year. Now it's up to $100 billion. Yeah. Those are veterans' benefits only. Um, I, I don't really know what's going to happen with, this, with these negotiations uh, because they're just, uh, it's just very frustrating uh, to watch this nonsense. But uh, I think we can, be, we can rest assured that... Uh, this suspect in the Norwegian uh, just terror. I hate the Muslims, so I'm going to go kill a bunch of teenagers that are on an island somewhere. Uh, sponsored by a labor party camp. Yeah. So clearly it's a neo-Nazi attack. It's uh, a political attack, and his, his ideology is right off of Glenn Beck's blackboard. The Muslim caliphate. Yep. This nonsense about, well, he turns out to be a Freemason. Beck was constantly talking about Freemasons. Yeah, Knights Templar and all that sort yeah, of Yeah, it's incredible. Ridiculous <laughs> nonsense. One quick thing on the debt ceiling, though, before we, because uh, I have a few interesting things to uh, share about the uh, Norwegian matter. But uh, this is the awkward and pathetic, uh, even ridiculous position the U.S. finds itself in internationally with regards to this debt ceiling. We have the uh, Chinese government mm -hmm. calling on Washington to bolster international faith in its economic policies. Uh, amid signs that Beijing has cut its purchases of U.S. government debt. And here's the official Chinese government statement. We hope the U.S. government will earnestly adopt responsible policies to strengthen international market confidence and to respect and protect the interests of investors. This is language from the Chinese government. If, as President Calvin Coolidge once said, the business of America is business, well, Certainly, that statement from the Chinese government is all you could expect any honest and forthright businessman to do. You know, strengthen market confidence, respect and protect the interests of investors. That's a nothing 
shocking or radical there. Um, this is uh, have been posted on the uh, Chinese government website. But uh, then a couple days uh, later, or even simultaneously, we have two senior U.S. senators warning China that, quote, if appropriate steps are not taken to calm the situation regarding Chinese naval clashes with uh, South Asian neighbors, uh, are not uh, if steps are not taken to calm the situation, future incidents could escalate, jeopardizing the vital national interests of the United States. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, China's not going to take this comment seriously. Uh, nobody who's paying attention to the financial juggling act could take this seriously. I mean, uh, the Chinese government is going to laugh at this. Uh, what are our national interests in Southeast Asia anyway? Well, that's another topic uh, of debate. But uh, John McCain, this wouldn't surprise me coming from him. Of course, uh, he campaigns uh, and, and speaks without his space helmet routinely. John Kerry, on the other hand, this disappoints me. Now, I understand that this is one of those things that you have to say because we have to maintain yeah, credibility. He's, he's the chairman of the Foreign and Relations Committee. he's the chairman <laughs> of that committee, right. But... Uh, uh, that's going to fall on deaf ears, I think. I think the greater threat to U.S. national uh, security interests are uh, our standing financially. Yeah, and our vital interests, unfortunately, seem to pretty much include meddling in everybody's affairs all over right. the world, which is at the heart of the problem. Yes. 740-ish military bases scattered around the globe in 141 countries are frankly no longer sustainable. And of course, the other reason that America continues to be broke, as they say, this, uh, this is one of the talking points of the, uh, of the Republican Party, we're broke. Yeah, we've been broke for quite some time. And my question about the debt ceiling and these deficits and all this alarming uh, <laughs> uh, spending that was going on is where the heck were you in the 1980s? Yep. Whatever happened to that $1.1 trillion of defense spending that was, quote, completely unaccounted for during the Reagan years? Alas. Where did it go? The foxes. No place good. We're watching the hen house. And then when you find out, for instance, that, of course, the United States spends, and the other reason we're broke is we import oil. And, and we have an annual bill regarding oil, depending on the price of oil, and this, of course, is fascinating. Recall that before we invaded Iraq, oil was trading at about 27 to $30 a barrel. Mm -hmm. It's three times that now. Who's paying for this? Well, American consumers. Uh, what is it up? $3.80 a gallon now? Nearly four, practically four. Up to four. It's almost, it's very close to where it was in the, uh, in the summer of 2008 when the economy finally collapsed from the, uh, the weight of deregulation. <laughs> Too much uh, meddlesome attention to the, um, uh, you know, watching the, the banks and Wall Street. And, of oh. course, at one of Alex's main agendas, interestingly and not surprisingly, turns out to have been the uh, repeal of Glass-Steagall which they eventually accomplished. Well, and as you pointed out last week and uh, after the program was over, that any money spent uh, on uh, petroleum is gone. It just goes into the air. It goes it's, into it's like, global warming. It's like throwing money on a, <laughs> on a fire, basically, yeah. because that's money that's gone. It goes up literally in smoke. It's not. It, there's nothing good about it. Um, nothing sustainable pollution. or reusable about it. That's the byproduct. And, of course... 
we do, uh, we're fortunate here in America to some extent, uh, to the degree that we get most of our oil, most of the oil that we import comes from Mexico, Canada, and Venezuela. Can- Canada is our number one uh, 